Hey, welcome to Babe Talk. For anyone that was previously watching, we had some technical difficulties, but we are back, and we are starting from scratch for the new viewers here. All right, so today we have Ryan and Jeff from Currents. Hello. And joining us is going to be the lovely Melissa Schwann. And the lovely Sarah Laskwood. Hi. Ali, our head babe in charge, is sadly having technical difficulties, so he will not be on this week's episode, but we are going to troop on. Now, to start off, would you guys like to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about what Currence is. Okay. I'm Jeff. Um, I play drums, and uh, Currence is a metal band from Connecticut. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start off by asking how everyone's day was once again. <laughs> All right. So let's start off with uh, Ryan and Jeff. Feel free to go into the week if you want. We have plenty of time to talk. Um, well, last week we played a show in Massachusetts. That was a lot of fun. And then... Uh, we're not on tour right now, so we kind of just went back to our shitty lives <laughs> outside the band. So it's been kind of uh, I don't know, just boring. I mean, we're we're preparing for this new release and everything, so that's taken up a lot of our time. So but other than that, working pretty much. So all right, Melissa. Um. Well, yeah, working, um, making money, attempting to, um, working out. Um, this coming up week, I'm actually super excited. Um, besides, there's this really huge show with a bunch of local bands um, at a local venue. But Looking for Alaska is being filmed in Michigan. And they have open call for extras on Saturday and Sunday. And I think I'm going. And I'm actually super stoked. That's so right. Cool. Now, for those who don't know at home, what exactly is Looking for Alaska? Looking for Alaska is a book by John Green. Um, I haven't read it in a long time, so my mind might be fuzzy. But it's where this kid goes to college. He finds this, like, he like, meets this girl. He falls basically madly in love with her. And then she just disappears one day, um, which basically like almost however John Green book is. But, um, yeah, and then he has to, like, put the pieces back together. Which sounds like the movie that just came out. So, I think that's by every John, John Green book. Yeah, that's like like every that. John Green book ever. Exactly, but it was—it's really good. I highly recommend everybody read it because it's cool. All right, awesome, yeah. Sarah. Just been like packing still. Um, what did I do last week? I got to take pictures of James's band. It was a really weird bar. <laughs> it was it was an experience. I was not prepared for what, what happened. We had some really um, interesting bands play. I know what happened. You can go into the story without naming names if you really want to. Okay, so this band opened up, and like I I put up with a lot of like stupid jokes and like whatever that bands make while I'm shooting. I don't care. Um. I go up to shoot this one band, and I was like, yeah, this will be fine. And all of a sudden, the guy in the front row goes, hey, um, I 
think I just saw your dick to the singer. And I was like, well, I do not want to do this. And <laughs> turned around and left. And the guy's response to that was, hey, my penis just wanted to say hello. And I was like, mm, I really, I think I'm going to stop shooting. I'm going to head to the back. I'm, I'm going to tap out of this one. So it was a real weird, real, real weird night. Uh, I can <laughs> confirm that it was a crazy night. And Sarah is our local photographer for Babe Talk, and she's put up with some shit. <laughs> and we love her for it. But, yes. She's cool. And also, Ollie from the sidelines is asking Sarah if all your stuff fits in your backpack for college. Yeah, everything. My entire room fits in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, my week, my band, I'm, besides doing this lovely day of talk thing, I play in a band with some people I go to school with, and they came down from bumblefuck nowhere to Long Island so we can play a bar show, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Besides, like, the stress of booking a last-minute show, like, we had to basically, we had another show in Long Island that got canceled, and we had to book this last minute. But it turned out great, and it was very fun, and we would definitely recommend to do it again. All right, so let's move on to some topics like we were last time. Let's start off with something a little bit different. Now, as some people in the pop-punk realm might know, the Wonder Years' latest album ended up leaking, and it leaked a few weeks early. And a lot of people were pissed about it. And it led to basically a ton of a debate about whether leaks can be necessary, leaks are like useless, if it hurts or harms the band. And we basically want to get what your thoughts on it are. Uh, Currents, what are your thoughts on album leaks in general? <laughs> I'm sure you guys have been impacted by it in the past. If you haven't, it may happen in the future, but do you think it's harmful? Do you think it's like useful? What are your thoughts on this? I mean, yeah, kind of sucks a lot. I mean, you work really hard on an album, and then to have it kind of, you know, come out early, real first, like you know, the first week sales, kind of blows. But I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys know what that would like loss at all. Like, oh, I mean, that was released by our, by ourselves. Like we didn't have like a label or anything on that, so... Yeah, exactly, there wasn't like a bunch of people with hands on it, Yeah. Know? so it was kind of actually like, okay, fine. But, you know, we we show like our, our close friends like our music, and sometimes it does get out, and we do find it on like, download links, like unfinished music that like we didn't finish yet, like it's not like an official release or anything, so it's kind of like, it's kind of annoying, and uh, I don't know. It just means like you should be more, I mean... Just be more considerate of the bands, I guess. Like, that's what I would say. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're going to... I mean, there's nothing wrong with, like... I mean, in a way, it kind of helps because it's like, okay, maybe it's someone that wouldn't normally check your band out and they wouldn't normally buy it. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they'll take it enough to, like, actually buy it and, like, listens on Spotify or whatever. Yeah. You know, something like that. Use YouTube videos. I mean, for, for smaller bands, it's definitely cool, but, like, for the bigger ones, I definitely, like, maybe see it. Really us being a smaller band, by the way. Yeah, like, we don't, <laughs> we don't, it doesn't really matter for us right now. Like, yeah. I don't really, really cares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one really cares. So. <laughs> so. All right, so 
Melissa, Sarah, do you have any additional thoughts? Well, for me, when I think of leaking an album, I feel like that's like a site leaking a tour early. It's not your right to say. It's your, not your right to leak the music um, because it's the artist's work and it's like, oh, this is my baby. I kind of want to show it type thing. So um, I think it's, I mean, it's disrespectful, but at the same time, I understand if you have your hands on it. It's like, oh, hey, music. But um, personally, I don't really partake in the leaking and I usually for me I'm one of those people anyway where I'm oblivious until the actual CD comes out on Spotify or iTunes or in the stores yeah so it doesn't really affect me <laughs> yeah I have to agree with that I didn't even know it really actually leaked until today yeah same here kind of speculation that it was leaking and it was like hey if you get the leak don't you know don't do anything with it and I, I had no idea um but I agree with like the whole if it's a small band, it's like kind of okay. It's kind of, not not okay, but it's you know it opens the doors for new people to be listening to it. Um, but it's still not cool unless like you've talked to the band because I know there are some situations where like they're like yeah why not leak it ah whatever we don't care. But um, it is in my mind if you're just leaking it and like you're supposed to be their friend or just somebody that they trusted with this this information and this link and this stuff then. That's kind of not cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely like breaching a band's trust like that. It's not cool. Don't do that. Don't leak albums. But there's also another interesting argument that I saw that came up in all of this was the basically people that pre ordered the album downloaded the leak because they already supported the band. There are some people that were okay with this, but there are other people that think that uh, the people downloading the leak, even with that, is still harming the artist in the end. Do you think that even if an artist, I mean, even if a fan pre-orders the album and downloads the leak, do you think that's still okay? I mean, just from just from our yeah, you really can't do much about it. But like from our experience, like we did do pre-orders for our last album, and like people did get their. CD before, like, you know, the online sales went, and, like, the day of, like, there was, like, a million links to, like, free music downloads for our album, so I was, like, whatever, they bought it, but now, like, a million other people, well, not a million, but, like, you know, maybe 10 other kids have the album for free now, and that could have been 10 more sales or something like that, but I think, too, it's it's not really all about the money, I guess, but if you're trying, if you're in a band, you're trying to, like, get signed, or you're trying to whatever, like, your first week album sales, like, really do matter, and... That's like that's kind of what it's all about, actually. Like it depends on your touring or what tours you get, um, and just you know how much you're worth, pretty much. So yeah, it's the difference between uh, yeah and fu. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so. And do you two have any of um, other perspectives on that? Yeah, I mean, we we're gonna say something before. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I meant Melissa and Sarah. My oh. I mean, if you have more to add, that's completely fine. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Right, I have to leave. Uh, I forgot the world. I forgot the world doesn't revolve around. No, I just I, I don't get why you would do that if you have the pre-order already and it's only like a week. Like I get being excited, but like you're gonna get it in a week. Like relax, it's okay. Now my question is: Is does the leak come from the original content 
um, because I feel there might be some sound quality issues potentially with the leak versus a potential CD because I know that once you download a copy of a copy of a copy after a while it loses all quality but when you go straight from CD or straight from the actual download to your ears it's completely different um, I don't really know how a leak works in that way though no, I, I think it depends on the actual user, like how they're uploading music, how they ripped it off the CD and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, and like there's our, our albums up with like the shittiest quality you've ever heard, and we're just like, here, here's the real link to the download. You can just <laughs> the real one for free. <laughs> like, don't listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's like, what's the purpose? I don't know. I think it's stupid, but. Yeah, like. I mean, sometimes high-quality leaks do happen off the bat, but I do think that you should just wait for the final product. Yeah. Support artists, support your scene, support good people. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think I was joking around once with some people that like, if an artist brags about money, I would just download it illegally from there because like, <laughs> you're bragging you're rich and I'm not, so why not? <laughs> Yeah, like, bands like us don't make money. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if they're, like, you can be a band. I'm not calling them out, like, in a bad way, but it's just, like, a lot of these bands, like, hundreds, their clothing, like, their merch is, like, a clothing line now. And, like, that's that's their income. And they're a good band, too. But uh, you got to be smart, I guess, if you want to do this for a living. So Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Franz is a millionaire, and he's in a metalcore band, so... Yep. I don't know. It depends. Yeah. All right. So, moving on to a bit of a different topic. Um, a lot of people on the metal scene are going to know about this, but Norflame and Volumes, at first it seems like they had a lot of beef because Volumes tweeted at Norflame how it, what it's like to be the Australian Volumes. And then Norflame basically snapped back and then some... And then it just escalated from there. A lot of fans were either pissed, intrigued, or just plain confused. And it ended up leading to this um, giant tour announcement. It's a co-headlining tour between Warflame and Volumes with Kane Hill and Cold Rain as support. Now, the main question that has come from this is pretending to have Eve a professional way of promoting a tour. A lot of people thought it was unprofessional and have, at least in the comments section, said that they are no longer a fan of the bands because of this. What are you guys' take on this? I don't know. I don't know why anybody cares so much. <laughs> but Seriously, anybody in their right mind that read those tweets and stuff, especially like knowing the bands and they've you know, played shows together before in the past, um, it just wasn't real. Like I knew immediately. I don't know why people thought that was real for like one second. I, I don't know. It's it, plus it's kind of hard to get people involved and stuff like that too. You know. So I mean, in, in my opinion, it's a good idea to you know, wild people out. I thought that was like the best marketing strategy I ever <laughs> in personally. So. But if someone's not really paying attention, you know, and they just see that, and then they don't see the tour announcement because they just don't care, you know, then they're just still gonna be like, oh man, like. This band shit like shitting on this band. I hate them both now, and they're just gonna keep that forever. Yeah, not know that it was fake. Yeah. But I mean, 
know. I think in the, in the whole, it's not I would do it. Yeah. I would do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Start something, you know. Absolutely. I mean, there's been, you know, the Acacia Strain and Muir thing. I mean, that was kind of real, I guess, but then they ended up touring together years later, and that tour was amazing. Right. So it's like, I don't know. you got to look at it that way, I guess. But I don't know. I, I just find it funny. I love reading the comments. Like, oh, I'm going to throw out all their merch. Just like, yeah, it's kind of funny <laughs> to see like, people's reactions a little bit. Good, like, give it to me. Send it to me. Here's my address. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. All right, for sure. Um, Melissa, Sarah? The, I'm not sure if you could see my face, but the moment that you said that they announced the tour, I was like, this because I am a sucker for marketing schemes. If you can, I'm a huge supporter. If you find a way to market something without hurting anybody, more power to you. That is an excellent marketing scheme. If it's unique, I'm not, I'm, I personally haven't seen it done before. It might have been, I don't know. But my, my thought is, is the, all these kids that are saying, like, oh, I'm going to throw away their merger, I'm not going to listen to them. Why is my question? If you really like them, like, are you even fans? I guess, like, absolutely not. I, I'm just gonna weigh in there. People that yeah. are saying that they're not gonna listen to them anymore, like, they're not fans. Like, that's that's completely stupid. Like, I okay. If two of my favorite bands like were in beef, heck, Blink One Eighty Two's in beef with itself, and I'm still <laughs> like, well, I'm over that now. But I'm already left the band like fifteen thousand times. So, oh no, they saw my heart. I totally agree that this was like a really good idea because like I don't pay attention to any of this and I was paying attention because it was interesting. I didn't I was like all these people are fighting and then it was a tour and I was like oh that's you know that's pretty cool like I, it got people interested it got people listening and like if you're really like somebody who was dedicated to the band just like you guys said like you're not a fan if you're throwing it out because they they like fake fought. So yeah, stupid. both those bands probably sold more CDs and merch in those like in that week than they did. Yeah, like, yeah. The last six months, probably. So. Like, good for, good for them. That's so yeah. That was a really good idea. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just, <laughs> oh man, I could go for some more thing. <laughs> it just goes to show how a simple marketing scheme can pay off. On that note. <laughs> There have been many marketing schemes that I have seen in this whole entire music industry, whether it's this scene, the pop scene, the rap scene. Are there any marketing techniques or schemes that you have seen that have stood out to you besides this? It can be in any scene you want. Something that caught the hook of someone. Just uh, uh, Mr. Robson, he like, talked about how he, he's like, I quit rap, blah, 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 blah. Um, he like, runs a label and stuff like that. And then he just was like left it at that. He's like, I quit rap, sorry. And then he was just like left it like sitting for like a week. And then was like, he posted a video like, why I quit. And then the video was just like, ha, I didn't quit. New album coming out in like two months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like something to get people's attention, you know? Like, there's so, like, everything's so clogged. So, like, every scene is congested, rap, metal, everything. Yep. So it's like to rein people's attention in, you gotta do this. Like, you gotta do some weird shit. Yeah, you gotta get weird. Mm. And scare people. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's kind of nuts. Oh, like the, uh, wait, was it a part of Burning Body? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, where he, he was like, yeah. The... He got kidnapped or something, or was like missing, I don't know. Yeah, he went missing. <laughs> that, that shit was like everywhere. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. I think that made it to like a news channel. 
It did. I, just, I mean, that was kind of bad. That was kind of a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was. I, I, almost a I was. I distinctly remember when it happened. I was at my college orientation. I was looking at my phone, and I saw that. It's like, nope, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And it was that was kind of tasteless. I think that's a marketing scheme gone wrong because they didn't gain anything from it. Oh. Uh, right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in the end, but then they also lost a lot of people's respect too, which kind of sucks. There's a line, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. The, I just want to mention the whole after the burial thing oh. with Justin Lowe, where he said, where you know, they couldn't find, like, he went missing, and then people were out there being like, oh, blah, 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 just a marketing scheme, you know, all this stuff. And then it's like. Yeah, well, after I read that thing, I was like, this is real. This I know, and then it makes it hard to take, like, real problems seriously when stuff like that happens, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, that was just a mess situation. There are people that still think it's a marketing stunt to this day, which is no, kind of sad. That's real, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's awful. Like, I still feel really bad. Like, they're, like, probably one of my favorite bands, too. I'm not just saying that, but it's just, like, yeah. All right. To get back onto a lighter topic, Melissa, <laughs> you were saying how much you love marketing schemes. Mm. Are there any that come to mind for you? I'm going to probably get massive hate on this, but I'm going to give two examples. It's the same type of strategy, so to say. But I absolutely, I love the idea of creating a huge persona and getting either like crap for it and be like, "Yo, this is a persona." Like, for example, Kesha and Franz. Like, they have, I mean, they're known for, Kesha's known for being sleazy, and that's the type of music that she plays, but she's actually a complete genius, and she says, the reason that I chose this was because you'd make, I know this is what people want, this is pop music, it's catchy, and it's it's a persona that every that is glorified in the pop realm, and she did excellent at that, and I guess, like, Franz is the same way, because... He's known for being controversial and for being kind of an asshat. And, but the thing is, is that he draws people to that. And it's just, it's interesting to me how somebody can completely change your persona and be two completely different people, like a stage performer and then just your normal self. And you draw a completely different crowd. It's completely amazing. That and I absolutely I love the idea how Drake dropped his album without any notice. I thought that was pretty cool. So the secret album thing. Yeah, because I don't really know, but I feel like that would get a lot more weak sales than anything. Then I don't know. I not that much of a marketing guru, even though I majored in it. But um, <laughs> I think that was really really cool. So. It was a great idea, definitely. Yeah. All right. Sarah, do you have any that come to mind? I, okay. My roommate has this theory about the Drake and Nicki Minaj friendship and that it was entirely a marketing scheme to get you to pay attention to both of them at the same time. Ooh. And I kind of agree. Yeah. And, I, like, I totally see it. And I'm also a really huge fan of what the 1975 does, even though I still have no idea what's going on. <laughs> they, they came out with all these weird handwritten flyers that were like, we're changing, this is going to be different. They had drawings that were really cryptic. It didn't make any sense 
and that's they they put dates there there were a distinct date that like all these all these things were going to happen i don't even know what happened i have no idea but i i paid attention and i was really really interested in where it was going to go and now i'm interested to see what their new album's going to be like is it really a change what really happened did they lose a member like what's going on um the same thing with 21 pilots they had the blurry face twitter account that tweeted really weird cryptic stuff for a while, and I don't know, I like creepy things, so I'm going to pay attention to creepy things, <laughs> and it got me, drew me in, scary things, things that sound like that, like that pulls people in, that's why horror movies do well. For sure, for sure, I mean, speaking of scary things, I don't know how many people know of this band, but there's a band called Dark Complex out right now, and before that, uh, they were known as Widow, Widow. and... <laughs> Yeah, um, back in October, they had, like, released a single or two, you know, they were just kind of, like, doing nothing, and then all of a sudden, they, like, started posting these cryptic notes that almost sounded like the dude was, like, not in a good position in life, and, like, it was basically, like, the theme of these notes was, like, the end is here, and all of a sudden, the day after the last, the last note is revealed... They not only reveal their name change, they reveal their new EP, and that they signed to a major label. All, and like, it gathered the interest of everyone. And like, the singer went all out. He was like, acting on it on his Ask FM, he was tweeting, and it just like, caught the attention of everyone. And it was brilliant. It was like, done really well. And I can't wait to see what that band does next. Yeah, I remember that. People thought he was going to kill himself. They were like, oh my god, don't do it, like, people were actually, like, messaging him and calling him and stuff, like, freaking out, like, the day that they announced it. I was following it, too, so. It definitely, like, came close to pushing boundaries, but the payoff, I think, was worth it in the end, and they gained a lot of new fans from it, and he's still alive, which is also cool. <laughs> That's how I found out about them, too. Yeah. All right. So for everyone watching right now, um, we have Ali live tweeting right now. He's live tweeting the show. Go tweet at him. Tweet some questions I have from Currents that we might want to ask later. It's going to be really fun. All right. So, and also, your tweet might get read aloud if it's funny enough. We shall see. <laughs> All right, so moving on to a topic that we were talking about a little bit before we crashed. Um, as you guys know, Under Oath, Reunion Tour, playing their two best albums back-to-back. I don't know how many people were watching before, but we were discussing what some bands we would like to see come back and do a Reunion Tour. So we're just going to kind of restart on that tangent a little bit. Yeah. If that's okay with everyone here. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's start off with the dudes and currents. What were the bands that you said before? Oh, God. God. Literally all. Of them. I remember with the punches. That would be Wait. Cool. Oh, said oh, oh I, said, I said Rooks. Hostage Con. Oh. Also. Yeah, Hostage Con. They just they just stopped. But also, one second. I forgot to mention our Twitter handle. It's at Babe Talk Show. Thank you, Ollie. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so Rooks, Hostage Calm, 
Ah. Uh, <laughs> original Blink-182. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Never going to happen, though. No disrespects. They got to do what they got to do. But uh, who else? There's got to be some other bands that like I used to like that aren't a band anymore. All these like old Christian metal bands. Oh, like, like the Old Still Remains? Yeah, like Old Still Remains. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, it probably would never happen, but I mean, as I lay dying. Cool. Oh, dude. I mean... Everything yeah. aside, the music was sick. That was like the first huge show I ever went to. So really cool. Hell yeah. 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 <laughs> I miss Hostage Palm. The one. Uh, Hostage Palm. They were supposed to play a fest at my college, and then they died. Yeah. And I'm still oh, sad about yeah. it. They died. They died. Rest in peace. <laughs> they like died out of nowhere, and I'm still hurt. It was like, they just like released their best album and then just like, nah, we're done. Yeah, Diamond Stage was great. And then they, they had their last show at Toads and I did not go. And totally regret it. Yeah. Didn't, um, speaking of like, rest in peace for bands in Fireworks Street recently, like, hey, we're not dead. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I, I shit. feel like I read that today. I did too. Well, like, stop saying rest in peace. Like we're we're okay. <laughs> that's funny though. Oh, I wish we were Al Yankovic would come back and do a tour. He's like done. He doesn't do anything. I went. I went to more Weird Al shows when I was a kid than like anything. I I knew about him, but don't laugh at me. This is this. I was like a showgoer when I was like a fan of him. My dad would bring me because like. I like one song, so my dad thought that was like the best thing ever. So he just took me to like every show that like he came around here. Just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh my god, that's good. Yeah, I'm sorry. You have to know that now. So. Yeah, good. That's a great thing. Instant classic. <laughs> All right. So Melissa, I already know your answer. Yeah, I have some. Oh, yeah, I have some more now, though. Um, MCR, because why not? Um, I can hear Ashley Nicole just, like, cheering in the distance. <laughs> I know, we know Ashley. Really? Yeah, we know Ashley. I know Ashley, anyways. Yeah, she, like, used to be on the site, and then she got an adult job, and, like, we love her and miss her. Ashley, you're awesome. Parts. <laughs> Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but continue, Melissa. Mm-hmm. Um, a got back together, so that was basically the one that I was super, super stoked for. Um, oh. I would love to see. Um, no doubt. Actually, I know they came out with an album in 2012, but I'd love to see No Doubt do a tour. And when you said Christian music, I thought Amberlynn, even though that they just mm. um, broke up, but still, oh, keep producing music, guys. That'd be great. And then. My little tween heart is just screaming for, back for old school good Charlotte. Oh my god, I wish. I know, right? <laughs> They're my absolute favorite. They were like the ones that got me. Okay, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> I have a small place in my heart. <laughs> there should be like a bring back the emo kid reunion tour, and it'll be like MCR, good old Charlotte, mm-hmm. good old, blah, blah, blah. old okay. good Charlotte. I'm trying to talk, it's not working. I don't know, um, that new Lock Up, Lock Up Flame song they did was like straight flames. 
Oh, yeah. I don't know if I can do that. That would be great. Whoever's in charge of that, get that tour going. I will. Put it back I together. For me, the, like I said before, I lost the words. They're not even technically broken up yet, but I saw their last Long Island show, and I cried many tears. And the one band, <laughs> I wasn't even a fan of them when they were around. I like discovered them this year, but they're just really good, and I'm probably going to get a lot of shit. But there's this band called Scarlet O'Hara, and I'm just in love with their album. They're just like generic metalcore to the max, but I've just been digging it more than I should have for being a kid in 2015. And yeah, I just feel like every pop punk kid is judging me right now. Dig what you dig. Yeah. No judgments here. Yeah, whatever. For sure. All right. If you go to a lot of Weird Al shows, then maybe a little bit. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> just, uh. just a tad. Bit. <laughs> bring right. back Weird Al tour. That'd be bring awesome. back. I totally support that. That would be sick. You're going with go. Go again. Go. All right, sounds good. <laughs> go ever. Like seriously, the production. Is amazing. I believe you. I definitely believe you on that. For sure. All right. So, on our final topic before we get into the interview portion, and as we await for our lovely Melissa to come back from what other hell she has descended into, um, there's a metal band called Decapitated. And they are going to old Victory Records and suing their record label, Earache. Wait, what was that? Wait, what? Sorry. What band was it? Uh, Decapitated. Oh my god, I have them on my phone. I love them. Yes. Didn't their drummer die? Yes. Yeah, that was a whole thing. But um, Decapitated are suing their former label, Earache Records. They haven't been on the label but they're still going to be suing them. And it basically led to Earache removing all of their music that they had up. And basically they pulled the Data Remember versus Victory Records or every band versus Victory Records. True. But the question is that I am trying to think of on the spot <laughs> eventually. <laughs> Um, should bands be public about this type of thing, or is this a private matter that they should take like into their own hands and not try to like start drama over it? We've seen it time and time again. We've seen various issues with We Are Triumphant, with Victory, with Yes Hair, and a lot of people don't think it's a professional thing. Do you think that this should be something that can be handled on their own? Basically, I mean, with the Data Remember situation, I, I remember watching an interview on it, and they were like, we didn't make it public until we felt like we had to, you know, because it was affecting the band in like, a major way. It was affecting the fans, too. Yeah, the fans. Because, like, they, they had that album done for, like, a year, and then the label wouldn't let them release it because they couldn't figure out the whole deal with royalties and all that. So the fact that they couldn't put it out without, you know, figuring the situation out, it kind of made sense for them to go public with it. 
but I don't know. It, I, I haven't looked too much into the whole situation of decapitated. Um, I, I would say it's usually probably should stay under wraps. I mean, it's tough with, like, legal stuff, you know. I think you kind of, like, shoot yourself in the foot when you start bashing labels and shit. So especially, like, if the label drops you and, like, you're you're good now, you're solo, and, like, that just affects, like, new labels picking you up, I think. Yeah, I feel like unless it's affecting fans, no one really no one really cares, no one really cares. I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of like with member changes, like, if it's, like, a... Like a a like huge a, band. Like. Yeah, if it's like a huge band, then okay, you probably want to let people know, but if it's just like... A guitar player in your band from Connecticut, like us, like no one cares. Yeah, to a certain degree, no one really cares. <laughs> but if it's like a band like Data Remember, and, it's, and they think it's going to help them get the situation figured out so they can get the music to their fans, then okay, yeah, do what you got to do. But yeah, I think it's one of those things that... We probably got a little bit off topic, but... Yeah, you probably want to keep it yeah. private, I guess. I mean, like, you found something good to talk about in that. Like I said, it can be a bit unprofessional, but it depends on the situation, at least in my eyes. Do you guys have any thoughts on it, Melissa, Sarah, or if Currents wants to continue? Well, um, as somebody that wants to get into the management side of the industry, I kind of actually like when I hear um, a reputation about a certain label because I want to make connections that will benefit me in the long run and won't put my name under hot water um, but at the same time I do believe that there is a fine line because then you can get into very very petty details that to be completely honest only matters between the artist and the label um, but in a huge situation like a data remember that needed to that was going to come out no matter what and it started to affect the fans and I mean what else can you do and I mean I I don't know. I know that other bands on that label, I think that they've had problems as well. And it, it more showed in how they were putting out stuff, I guess. And how they, like, or how they, yeah, had, like, a dip and... Yeah. I think, <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Think, <laughs> I think, like, more than one side. Like, I don't know. Usually when, like, a, when a band's, like, in that kind of predicament, you really only hear from the band. The label's not going to make a statement on why they dropped the band or why the albums aren't being released. But a lot of the times it you know, I'm not I'm not bashing any label. This isn't about that, I'm not bashing labels, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of labels do. They they give they they give bands contracts that are kind of three sixty deals and when the time comes that they're actually making money and they're not making all the money they said because they signed this contract two years ago and their last album sucked with this album is amazing. Like then the band gets upset. We're like, oh, well, you know, we made, you know, $3 million and you're not giving us all the money. It's like, well, this is what you signed. So you're only getting the band side of the story, I feel, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on the bands, too. you got to know what you're getting into. Oh, absolutely. you got to know, yeah, and if you don't know what you're getting into, you're not ready, you know. Get management before you get a label. That's all I'm saying. Go, That's when what comes- oh, yeah. when it comes to comp- <laughs> sorry. Um, Actions speak louder than words, I think. And if a company or a label is bad, then it will show. And the fans and people will know. If it's not, then it's not. It. I'm just a huge believer on actions speak louder than words. So, yeah. I totally agree with all that. I think it's like, it's, it's a case-by-case case kind of thing. Like, if they, if they need to go public because it was something that was really that bad, then by all means. 
use whatever platform to do what you got to do to keep other bands from making the same mistakes that you did. But also, you need to be aware of what you're getting yourself into and really read everything and just really, really check before you're jumping headfirst in. You remember yes. that whole thing that happened within numbers? That band in numbers, they got they won that the Road to the Sphinx. Yeah, and they like that didn't like the deal, right? Dude, all I have to say is like that kid did not need to do that. That's just my opinion. Wait, sure, numbers or in, what exactly happened? Oh, it was numbers or, yeah. or numbers. I'm not not in numbers. Numbers. Yeah, in numbers. Oh my bad. Sorry guys, watching. Yeah. <laughs> They're not watching, but. Um, <laughs> No, there's yeah, there's another band called Numbers where they wrote they won or the three there's three bands that won the Road to the Sphinx tour. That means you get like a record deal, you get all this crazy shit or whatever. And to any other band that's like a dream come true. But this band I guess went into the contract a little bit deeper, they got lawyers involved. And all they had to do was say no. And yeah. they kinda just like ruined their own reputation, I feel like. That's why I just think that like legal matters and stuff that are happening in bands like need to stay in the band. So. Yeah. 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 Unless it's kind of. It got really to the point. It got to the point where like Stray from the Path called them out. Yeah, I think I remember that happening. A lot of bands called them out. <laughs> like every Sumerian band ever. Even, even the label actually said something because this you know that caught on. They're like, oh, like labels are just throwing three sixty deals everywhere. And if you look at it, what he was upset about, from what I read, was that the label owns the music. Which, in any case, that's what's going to happen. That's what a record label is there for. Like they own the creative process of the music. Like anything you write for that label, they own it. And in his mind, that wasn't fair. But that's what record labels do. Unless I don't, I don't really know of any other record label that would not do that. Not do that. I guess. Because then I can just turn around and be like, it's my money, it's my music, I'm taking it, it did well, you don't get any money. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. You can just for it, or you can just do that for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was just a really dumb situation. You could tell that they, like, had no idea what they were doing in that whole entire thing. And it just, like, reflected poorly on them. And I haven't heard from them since, sadly, which sucks, because their music was really cool, and, like... If they were smarter about it and played their cards right, they could have been big. Can we talk about buying Facebook likes? <laughs> yes. Go for it. I think that's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. What is that gaining for your band or what your business, buying Facebook likes? If you think about it, it's just a number. But if those people aren't responding to whatever you're posting or whatever, like, Especially if you go to release something, are they buying it? They're fake people. They're not real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is that doing for you? Like, maybe Facebook's like, or Facebook like really mattered in like 2010 or something like that. But now it's just Facebook is so shot now. It doesn't matter either way. <laughs> so it's like, you can have 5,000 likes, but only 20 people will. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, once you're a big band, it doesn't really matter. Like, if you're like Lady Gaga and you just want to put like a thousand, like like a hundred thousand fake likes on there, just to like you know be like. There you go. That's one thing. But if you're like a tiny band and yeah. you're like you're 200 and you go to like 3,000, you're killing your reach. Yeah, and the the buying the YouTube views and like I'm talking a lot of shit right now, but like I think a lot of people that are listening. Right now. I'm not calling anybody out, but like <laughs> from what I've seen, it's just like you're you're killing yourself. You're killing your band. I feel like 
it's so obvious. I don't know. It's just it's work for it, guys. Like just work for it. Yeah, <laughs> work, it's work almost for everything you have. Honestly. So I don't know. Yep. Alright, so we're finally <laughs> going to transition away from all these topics and go into the reason why these boys are here today. Okay. Let's get into this interview, shall we? <laughs> Alright, so the way this is going to work is that myself and in the order that I see them on my screen, Melissa and Sarah are each going to ask you a question and yeah, just talk it up, come up with some cool answers that people can tweet about, specifically Ali. I know you're watching. He called me and out. I almost said check yourself before you wreck yourself, and he knew I was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But to start off, um, for the people that are tuning in now, would you like to introduce yourself and talk about the band a little bit and the music and all that good stuff? I'm Jeff. I'm Brian. And uh, we're in the band Currents from uh, Connecticut. And... Uh, we have a new song coming out. Actually, he's our new vocalist. Hi. We have a new song coming out uh, Friday. Mm -hmm. It's called Withered, and uh, it's going to be released on our own channel and everything. Um, we recently just got picked up by the Artery, uh, the Artery Foundation uh, with Kyle Westing and Scott Lee. So we're really excited about that. We're getting things rolling. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it for right now. Yeah, pretty much. Right. We're just hanging. Alright, awesome. Okay, so um, I'm from the Detroit area, so I don't know much about the Connecticut scene whatsoever. My question for you guys is, is there a huge metal scene in Connecticut? Um, or do you have to kind of fend for your own on that one? Or what's the scene in Connecticut, I guess? yeah. A lot of good bands, but not a lot of people, I guess. There's a lot of talent. It's just hard to get people involved. Like the scene's pretty. I'd say music-wise, it's really good. It's just like it, no one really cares here. You know, you gotta you gotta fight real hard to get people to like come care. out to a show. Or yeah, whatever. to come out to a show or get people to care about your band. Like you'll have like your little close friends or whatever that'll come or you know make friends with like a group of kids that go to shows and they'll they'll show up to whatever ones. They'll be loyal, but. It's not like you can just have like a local show and then have like just a have show. random kids show up. Yeah, just have random kids you never seen before show up. Like you, you're gonna see a lot of familiar faces. I mean, that's good and it's bad too. Cause it's like not you don't really get a lot of new people coming into the scene. I guess mm -hmm. that's why we we're trying to not play Connecticut as much. Not because like we don't like it, just because there's yeah you play here, you know exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a small place too, you know like. Yeah. You'll, you play one side of Connecticut and then, you know, you go to play the other side and, <laughs> like, you won't have as good of, like, a turnout as we did because someone, like, drove out all that way to go see you. Yeah. It's, like, pretty much the same difference. Yeah. Like, an hour or so. Do you venture out to any other cities? Because I know that area is very condensed when it comes to states. So. Yeah, we do. I mean, being a touring band is like we've never done a full US tour or anything like that, but we had like before he was in the band and stuff like we would do our own DIY runs with bands like Sentinels from New Jersey, Burials from Pennsylvania, a couple other bands too. We would just do DIY stuff, just try to get promoters to book our band pretty much for nothing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we do we we hit the East Coast. We've never been out west or anything like that. But hopefully next year that will happen. Oh nice. 
So to for you guys, that'd be really cool. Yeah. All right. Um, ask this question to every band because I love hearing it. What is your craziest tour or show story? Craziest things ever happened. Good, the bad, the ugly. Oh man, I wish you asked me so I could have prepared my story. <laughs> you can think about it. You go for it. There's nothing really crazy for me. I feel like every show is like any like especially when you're like touring. I mean, we didn't really do too much in the way of like touring, especially like be like once since I joined. But um, every every day that you have is like a new like story, you know. Pretty much. <laughs> like every like it's it's anybody I feel like anybody that's like been on the road, especially for like longer, is gonna like vouch for that too. It's like everybody is a new story, like but this most recent tour, like we had a lot of like mishaps. Oh my god. Alright, so like the first day. This was actually like I was really pissed off, but like we were on our first day of this run we were on and we like parked at the venue and our brakes just were billowing smoke. I thought the van was on fire. So, like, I freaked the fuck out, and I grabbed the fire extinguisher, <laughs> ready to, like, spray this shit. <laughs> um, and, like, this, you know, this probably isn't the craziest thing that's ever happened, but, like, this is what I can remember right now. But uh, our both of our calipers froze in the rear for some reason, and uh, the closest place to, like, fix it was my friend's shop. It was only about, like, an hour and a half away, but it turned into, like, a two-and-a-half-hour venture because I had to drive home with a trailer full of people, like, with a van and trailer full of people with no brakes. Oh, my uh, God. So we had, like, no, we got there, and, like, they had to replace everything. And, like, we thought we were good because we got it checked out before we left, and apparently not. So, That's insane. Yeah, everyone was buckled up for the first time. Yeah, I yeah, bet. I oh, my God. Time, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty time. Pretty much every time I had a break, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, like, are we going to die? Are we going to die? Are we going to die? <laughs> But if I think of something else, I'm, there's definitely other stuff, but I just can't. You put me on the spot. We had a cookout thing. Sorry. Just oh, shout. Yeah, the show, the show ended up not happening for whatever yeah, reason. And then we, so we had some friends that came, and they're like, oh, we're going to do something anyway. So then like, we went back to it. was like a skate park. So then we went to that skate park again, and we had like a cookout. And then friend Anthony grabbed the grill. Yeah. One of his friends. That's fun. <laughs> All right, so my next question for you guys. Ryan, you're the newer vocalist. How has it been, you know, adjusting to currents? Oh. Has it been an easy transition? Has it been rough? That guy, Jeff's an asshole. He yeah, him. Jeff sucks, man. But, I mean, he's all right. <laughs> it's been uh, definitely interesting. Like, I've, I've been in bands before, but no band has ever, like, I don't know. I don't want to. I, I guess challenge is a word. Like, nothing's ever tested me this much. Like, especially the way it works with like management and everything. It's it's something I've never really done before. It's something that like even if you've been in a band, like it's not the same at all. But um, it's nice playing shows again. It's nice being in a band again. It's nice writing music again. So I would say uh, it's going pretty good. And we were all we were all friends like way before this, way before he joined anyway. Yeah, exactly. So like getting to, I didn't have to like get to know everybody or anything like that. There's no problems with anybody. It was like super cool, super nice, cool. And friendly. So yeah. I'm guessing. So you guys just met through the Connecticut metal scene. Have you guys? Has your old band like ever played with um Currents in the past? Bunch of times, yeah. Yeah, Currents has been 
recurrence for like I don't know, like five years, six years. Yeah, like they've been around. They've been around forever. They've recurrence has outlasted like a lot of the bands around here. And I'm talking like as a fan too, because like I mean, I liked them a lot before I joined the band. So I mean, we would, my old band would like. I was I was in like two bands in the time that like recurrence has been around, you know, and like. Played shows with them. We've been in like bands. three or four bands. Yeah, good point. Sessions don't matter. Tell them I defeat. Yeah, me. exactly. <laughs> Only like two of them actually played shows, though. Yeah. I just named all your bands. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, you did. I can't even think of all of them. I was in some deathcore bands before I left high school. <laughs> and I drive this track for every day. Damn, that sucks. Yeah, I miss those guys. Awesome. Um. So, let's see here. What are you? No, sorry. Okay, I got it. Um, I had a question, and then I lost it. Okay, musical influences. What are some of your musical influences on the band? Well, it's just, this is hard to answer because our guitarist, who's not here, um, Chris Wiseman, he writes pretty much everything for the band. Um, he has all the ideas. He doesn't write the lyrics. Like, mm-hmm. I, I write the he lyrics. He writes the lyrics. Tell they suck, and he changes them. But uh, no. Um, but I guess, like personally, um, I grew up on like punk rock, and like you know, more recently, I've been getting into a lot of pop punk. I've always been in the metal and stuff too. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's, it's such a hard question. Wait, so, like, who's our musical influences for the band or, like, just in general? I mean, it honestly doesn't matter. I mean, I guess both. Like, where do you draw your creativity from? Not more, like, what bands do you, like, collectively as a band, but is there any, like, where do you draw music lyrical influences from? Where do you draw, like, drum influences, vocal influences? Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Vocally, I've always looked up to Ricky from The Subi Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. I always thought his lyrics were great. His, his, like, his phrasing, his patterns, his placements. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, The Subi Apocalypse, they're making a comeback, actually. I listened to, we listened to some of their new music at Warp Tour, so it was pretty sweet. Nice. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, Vocally yeah. for me, no. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, I have to say it, Travis Barker. Yeah. I mean, like, he's... That was like the first drummer like I really got into, and then like mm-hmm. more recently, um, you have Dan from After the Burial, who's like, like so disgusting at drums, it's not even funny. You have Adam Gray, Matt Greiner, Joe Longobardi from The Feeder, mm-hmm. like all those guys are so they're such they're such like solid drummers, and I pretty much cry every time <laughs> I watch them play, <laughs> so, just because I suck and I can't play like that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so you guys mentioned you were part of the Artery Foundation. What exactly is that, and what are the perks are being a part of that? So the Artery Foundation is a full-service management company. Um, they have bands like Chelsea Grin, Attila, Slaves. Slaves. They have a. They have. I don't know. Their roster. We can. I guess yeah, you can look like their roster up now. It's it's. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of great talent on there. A lot of like awesome. really, really big bands. Yeah. So it's definitely an honor being on there. Yeah, it's actually pretty crazy when um, 
they hit us up about it. Because we were, ever since our last album release, we've been talking to, like, labels and management and stuff, and, like, we didn't jump on anything just because of all the shadiness that goes on, which we all talked about. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just kind of, like, kept it to ourselves, and then we had a couple setbacks along the way, and um, we ended up talking to them after we were about to go with somebody else, and they offered us something better, and they had more resources and stuff. So we went with them, and uh, they're basically putting out this single for us, and then um, something even better is going to happen after that's released, but we can't say. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically just, I mean, it's just that as management. It's somebody to, um, yeah, yeah, help help find you an agent uh, so you can get on tours and stuff like that. It's it's also like, because I was always the manager, like the band dad. Everyone has a band dad. Sometimes there's two, and that's never a good thing, but if there's one that... (laughs) But I was always the one to, like, get pissed off at people when they weren't doing something or, like, I'm always running around doing everything pretty much. And uh, now that we have Kyle and Scott and stuff, they take care of all the overhead stuff, like all the business stuff, the booking of the shows for right now. And I can enjoy being in the band again, which is kind of cool. And we can actually put more – all of us can put more thought in and, you know – when the time comes to pick like artwork or merch and stuff like that, it's not a, it's not anything rushed anymore, which is really nice. Yeah. So, uh, just makes it more about the music, I guess. Like, they, and they really do care about the music too. Which yeah, is exactly. Thing. And they'll they'll handle all like the they'll handle every all the business acts, aspects of it, and then we get to focus more on like songwriting. We get to focus more on music, and we get to focus more on like our live set practicing and stuff like that. Where it's like. When you're in like a DIY, like a completely DIY band, you're clouded by like a lot of shit basically that you have to do, and a lot of that we don't have to worry about anymore, which is really nice. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, it's the Artery Foundation too. It's part of like Artery Recordings, and they have Artery Global, and they they're all friends with everyone in the industry. So it's it's a good connection. You know, if if we release this song and then like let's just say a label for whatever reason, decides they like it, and they're like, oh, like, we want to, you know, work with that band or whatever, like, then they can take care of that and work out the deal with them. We don't have to really... Yeah, we don't we, have they to... They have lawyers and stuff. They have all that stuff. So, like, it's... It can That's start. awesome. So, but, yeah, they're, uh, they're really great. Kyle Lusty and Scott Lee, if you're listening, probably not, but we love you. <laughs> <a lot. laughs> all right. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the new single... Although we don't know what it, like we know what it sounds like yet, what was it like writing and recording it? The most stressful thing <laughs> you have ever seen in your oh life. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, lots of lots of edits, lots of fixes, lots of fine tuning. We had to go. We had to go back to the studio like fifty times. It was. Yeah, we just wanted to make sure it was right. We wanted to make sure that we were comfortable, that we were happy with it. Um, then I mean, it's. Not like every song is going to be like that because it's, you know, it's the first song back with a new singer, so you want to make sure it's perfect. You want to make sure it's exactly what you want it to be. It's still current, but it's a little bit, it's better, it's just in a, my opinion. I, it's just, yeah, it's, it's current with a new guy on it, kind yeah. of a new spin. So, I mean, I think it's, I think people are going to like it. If they don't like that, then we're we have plenty of it. Don't like that, then just stop listening to us. Damn, that's wrong. <laughs> I say, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think mostly everyone will be satisfied. And then if not, we have plenty of other stuff. They, we, and like totally, we have lots of cool new stuff. 
Yeah, they're working on it. So. But you can ask us questions about it. We just can't show it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go into detail about the writing and recording for some of the other stuff then? Uh, we haven't. We haven't the old recorded. Stuff? Oh, old stuff or like new? Wait, I'm sorry. It cut out for me for a second. What did you say? You want, to, you want to talk about the old stuff or the new stuff? The new stuff. Oh, so for the nude, uh, the nude stuff. Yeah, that's what I said. Nude <laughs> stuff. Uh, <laughs> we're all gonna be naked. <laughs> but. Damn it, Brian. <laughs> um, um, the new stuff, right. So Chris has, he actually has his own studio, and he does record bands in uh, in Connecticut, uh, some from New York. He actually just had, what's the singer? He actually had the whole band over. Oh, he had Oceano over his house. Oh, yeah. Band, which is pretty cool. Super cool. He recorded vocals for something. But, um, yeah, he pretty much... Well, uh, he's a genius, by the way, um, and I'm saying that because he really is. You have to meet him. But he'll write the, you know, he'll write the whole song or whatever, and he'll send it to us, and then it's it's on our SoundCloud, and uh, then we get like he's just dumping songs in there. It's not just like chicken scratch; it's like actually recorded with like you know MIDI drums and stuff, so we can get the idea of the whole song. And we just pretty much have all of us have it open all day, and we're just listening to it, like critiquing it and seeing what we like, and what we don't like. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. But like when we go into the studio, recently it's been with our friend uh, Randy Pascarella, Pascarella Recordings in Hopewell Junction, New York. And um, for this next album, we're probably gonna have to go with another producer for it. So, but we don't know who that is yet. Yeah. Also, <laughs> quick plug: if you are watching this and you're in a band and you're around New York. Over Randy because he is the yeah. Listen to any of our old stuff. Yeah, he did all the. Like. He did any any every every single other band I've been in. Randy has done. He's the only other producer that I've worked with so far. Any any music I've ever done that's recorded, Randy did it. Yep. So I I don't know. I, he's one of the best. He's the man. He's yeah. He's the man. Check him out. Shout out to Randy. Shout out to Randy. All right. <laughs> yeah. So this kind of goes along with James's question, but preparing for a new single, preparing for a new album. Um, what are some of the goals that you would like to accomplish with this record and with the future? Rule the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> mine, are, mine are very simple, actually. I'm the only original member left of this band, and this is kind of like, I'm calling it a rebirth because like a new vocalist means it really is like a rebirth. It's not the same person anymore. It's not going to be the same exact music. It's not going to be the same lyrical style and stuff like that. So, But I really want this band. And, like, this is a very big dream of mine. I've always – I've been to, like, every Warped Tour since, like, I can remember. And I've always wanted to be on the entire tour. Like, that's my ultimate goal, like, is yeah. to play all of Warped Tour and hate myself afterwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a goal. But I, I also really want people to like the music. So yeah. I think that's a good goal too. <laughs> yeah, that, I'd say if we're talking long term, I'm thinking like, yeah, that would be sick. Uh, Soundwave, uh, any of those like big open air festivals, that'd be super cool. Oh, open air festivals, yeah, exactly. We have like crazy people just watching because they're all just like chilling. But like, um, 
<laughs> like, um, no, nah, but I mean, for the short term, I'd say just, like, get on the road, get around the U.S. Absolutely. And just, Absolutely. I don't know, anytime we go out for, like a, like, a run or anything like that or play a show, it's just like, oh, why can't we just have one tomorrow, next day, and the next day, and the next day? It was yeah. like out, you know? So we're working towards that goal of being more of, like, a full-time touring band. And unfortunately, we can't do that right now because we have to release another album as this dude. Very nice. Okay, we actually got a question from Twitter. Oh my god. Yeah. Um at the Tyler O'Neill would like to know what guilty pleasure bands you guys like besides Weird Al, I'm assuming. Yeah, and the diamond. Really? I love her. Love, love, love. Owl City. Yeah. Really? really? Owl City is awesome. They're so good. Yeah, no, I agree. It's so cool. good. Other guilty pleasure bands? Oh man. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm an open book with what I like. I don't really think anything is lame or anything. Um, I don't listen to country. So damn. That yeah. Well. Yeah. I never really explored that. I can't really say. I'm happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'd say anything that people would be surprised at. Super cool. I don't know. Mostly anything with like girl singers. I like Iggy. That's Iggy's pretty cool. Oh, like Wiz Khalifa, <laughs> like Juicy J, like all those rappers. I love that stuff. Fetty, I two chains. All of that stuff. Fetty Wap is sick. I'm not even Migos. Migos gang. <laughs> we all set. <laughs> awesome. All right, so I know that Chris does write a majority of the music, and he sadly is not here with us, but is there a message that you want people to take away from Kurtz when they listen to it? Oh, I'd say not yet. Once we get more into the album, uh, I'm still trying to figure out what I want people to take away, I guess. Yeah, from the, from the other stuff, there is... There's old interviews for with our old vocals explaining what the last album was about, and then we had an EP called Victimized. He explains that one too. So we'll be doing more stuff like that with Brian explaining kind of like what he's thinking. But I guess this this song that we're releasing on Friday is pretty straightforward. I think. Yeah. I'm like getting the message across, but. I don't know. Um. Are we allowed to ask for that message, or is that too much of a spoiler? Not really. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't. I mean. It's not like you're hearing the song anyway. I wrote it about writer's block because... Um, he wrote a song about not being able to write. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It, it makes sense when you when you like hear it, I guess, because it's like you... I, I've been kind of out of it for a while. The last serious band I was in, my, the last show I played since the first current show was August of like 2012 or 13. Like it was like I, I hadn't been on stage in a few years. And, uh, like, I hadn't, I, I had done, like, singles and stuff like that. I was writing for this band that, I mean, didn't end up really doing anything. And then another band that didn't really end up doing anything. But, like, you you kind of get out of that creative mindset for a while. And then to go back in, it's kind of tough, you know. And then you kind of question it. And you're like, what am I doing? Like, how could I have done this before? And then... Yeah, you know, it's just like a matter of getting back into it. And that's kind of what the song's about. Is like finding out 
Go getting back into the swing of something that okay. you love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds cool. That's really cool. I've got a lot. Um, so I had oh my gosh. I'm just all over That's, the place. Uh, you slacking. I am slacking. I have a bunch of questions here and they all seem to be answered already. Ask them. <laughs> but, <Fine>. Okay. <laughs> um well one of them was um what musical well, this goes back to musical growth, I guess you would say, but oh now I remember my old question, but I have two questions now. So um is there a musical direction that you would like to see the band go in? Um <laughs> yeah, we don't know yet either. We're still trying to figure that out too. We look at bands like Bring Me the Horizon. They're mm -hmm. fucking killing it right now. Yeah, absolutely killing it. And um, not that we don't want to be a heavy band. Like we definitely still want to be heavy, but we also like want to do this for a living, I guess. So we're gonna we're trying our hardest. We want to be marketable. We want to be. We still want to be like listenable to. So, I, I don't guess, know. I guess dynamic is the one. We want to be dynamic. We want to be... I mean, like, really, though, if you listen to any current album, like, it's pretty dynamic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of... I mean, yeah, it's not just straight, like, heavy, you know, and it's, it's not, not, like, deathcore. Like, in the new single, there's going to be, you know, this guy's got some pipes on him, so there's going to be some singing. Surprise. Uh-oh, look <laughs> out. Nice. Look out, Internet. Let <laughs> <laughs> you know now. They sold out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone just getting ready, angrily, waiting like at their keyboard for it to drop. Yeah, well, now that, now that we know that, I'll make sure not to listen to things. No, but there, there's been clean singing in the old current stuff. That's a, that, All the old stuff was done by me, actually, so if you listen to any of it, you know, it's my nice. beautiful voice on there. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a question for you. We keep going on that one. What direction? Yeah, uh, yeah I'd say we want to keep the dynamic. Like, we want to like, like, I'd say that's about it. Like, pop us on like, we want to be able to get on like a heavy tour or like a you know not so heavy tour. That's actually a good way to explain it too. We want to be, we want to be at, we want to be able to be on like, what's it like? Every time I die, real friends. Every time I die, I'm real friends are like, like that's they're touring a, right now. Like, that's fucking crazy. I think yeah. that speaks to every time I die, because I was just going to mention them. It's like, you can put them on really any tour, and they won't, they're not a bad fit. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I love them. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, being that you're in the genre you're in, what are you guys, like, really doing to try and make yourself stand out as a band? We, uh, I mean, I think it's important... First of all, like the first thing actually management did was get us a brand. So we uh, we had that old moon logo with the tears. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. It's mm -hmm. you can go on our Twitter or whatever. But uh, we had an older version of that, and we wanted to like spruce it up. So we went to our good friend uh, Mason Starkey. He's a awesome graphic designer. Like we're name dropping all these people, but like seriously, some of the best like, that we've ever worked with. And uh, he completely blew away our expectations on like what it was and uh, it does like the moon and tears like it, it does have a meaning but it's not important but that's like that's kind of our brand now it's like you look at that moon thing 
and that's you know like anything else, like the hundredth, the keys, you know, like those those keys, yeah. whatever, like you know, that's hundredth. So yeah, like we want, yeah, we want people to uh, look at the moon thing and be like, oh my god, like it's crazy. Like we've had people buy the shirts. I don't know if this is good or bad, but we've had people buy the like buy our shirts because of that logo, like. Girls like, oh, I just like it. It's like really cool. And I'm like, all right, yeah, here you go, twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then uh, it's it's cool too, cause like, I don't know, it's it's nice to have like a brand. It's something that even that something little like that is going to set you apart, you know? Absolutely. Something something interesting about you. I remember. Do you remember a band called Udemize? Yep. They had this uh, this T-shirt design where it was just like their name in like this simple font and a bunch of different colors. Picked up instantly. People would buy it all the time. <laughs> I don't know. It just caught on people. Just any any kind of something to differentiate you from everybody else. You know, it's kind of you. You have to. You have to. You have not, to try things though. You have to try things before you find something that's gonna work. Yeah, exactly. So. And not to say like you need like a gimmick or something like that because like a brand, um, it, it's not a gimmick. But then you have bands that are like they'll do like the whole costume thing. Yeah, you know? I mean like no hate on those. Yeah, exactly, which is cool. You know, it's like for if for that's those, you, if that's how you want to express yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's sick. But we just we try to. I don't even know how to explain it. Like that's such a good question. Like we we're just trying to <laughs> make a name for ourselves in like our own way and like with guidance from you know now we have outside people that are helping us, but. Uh, the the brand thing is definitely definitely important. If you're going off something like like I don't know if that question was aimed at like bands that are trying to make a name for themselves, like definitely just get your brand set, looking your merch game on point, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much what it what it comes down to. Like I don't know. Yeah, if you're a tiny band, especially, it's pretty important. And like we're still a very small band. Like don't take us the wrong way. We are. Yeah, we're insignificant. Yeah, but we're we're trying. We're trying to do uh, stuff that the big guys are doing to make an. Trying to be that next hundredth with that merch game. (laughs) I guess. I mean, people seem to like the merch. Like we do sell it. So, and like, thank you to everyone who's you know purchased something from us. And that's that really means a lot to us. Awesome. And on that note, that concludes the interview portion of this. All right. So now. Normally we would showcase like the song of the band, but the debut single with Ryan in the band does not come out till Friday. But we have a special treat for all of our viewers at home that are wondering what Ryan would sound like in this band. A while back, he recorded when Northlane was doing their whole entire uh, search for a vocalist thing. Um, he decided to enter the competition, although he did not win. His cover is really good and showcases what is in store for the future occurrence. So, without further ado, I am going to play this, and hopefully you all enjoy it. Alright. Hope it's up. You, Mike. What? Yep, muting it. (laughs) I don't know what's going on.
apparently for whatever reason it's not playing according to the audience so we are going to retry that take two Because technology hates us today, we are sadly going to have to bail on the Northland cover. However, um, Currents does have a new song coming out Friday. You should all check it out. It's going to be pretty dope. These boys have really big things coming for us. Sorry about technology. The technology gods are just not working in our favor tonight. <laughs> However, yeah, whatever. All good. Yeah. And basically, Ali from the grave is saying that he is cursed. He has placed the Babe Talk curse on us. <laughs> Thanks, Ali. All right, but seriously, from the behalf of Babe Talk, from the behalf of Ali, who sadly is basically sitting on the sidelines like an injured football player right now, um, we want to thank Currents for coming on the Babe Talk podcast tonight. We want to thank Melissa, and we want to thank Sarah. Uh, before we go, there is something that we do want to address. Um, uh, this uh, morning, there were um, two journalists on a news report who were um, shot to death by a disgruntled employee. And on behalf of um, journalists everywhere, such as ourselves, we just want to um, show our support for them, their families, um, the news station in Virginia. Um, we're all the same blood. And we should all honestly stick together. And we are going to be standing by everyone, sending thoughts, prayers, whatever you believe in, just any sort of positive vibes. And I recommend that everyone watching home does the same. It's a very sad, dark moment. But in these moments, there is light. And I know that everyone will be able to pull through. And on that note, thank you once again, Currents, for coming on. Thank you guys for having us. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to say before we stop this? Um, babe Talk rules, and um, definitely listen to our single on Friday, because it's going to come out on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, thank you, and uh, hopefully we get to do this again sometime. For sure, dude. All right. Babe Talk, out.